What's New With You Week is brought to you by Aftershocks. Welcome to the second episode in this special seven-day, seven-episode, seven-guest series. During What's New With You Week, I'll be catching up with seven past favorite guests to see what they've been up to since the last time we talked on the Alley on the Run show. And today, fresh off being the single most downloaded episode of the show in 2017, the one and only Kara Goucher. Kara was on episode 43 of the Alley on the Run show last October, and I was eager to talk to her this time around to get her take on the current state of women's running, what it's like watching American women dominate the roads in the track right now, and where she's at with her own running. She also, as always, was willing to get candid and answer the tough questions, like what her family plans are for the future. Take it away, Kara. Kara Goucher, welcome back to the Alley on the Run show. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be back. All right. So remind everyone, give us a little warm up. Tell everyone who you are, where you're from, and what it is that you do. I am Kara, and I live in Boulder, Colorado. I run for a living, so I guess I'm a professional athlete, but I don't race very much anymore, um, but I still run a lot, and I am a mom to a seven-and-a-half-year-old, and yeah, that's that's pretty much me. <laughs> and lots of animals. I feel like you have lots of animals running around your house. Yeah, you know what's funny is I grew up in a house with a ton of animals, and I always said I wouldn't have any pets, and now we have three cats and a dog, so. Famous last words. (laughs) Yeah. Amazing. All right, so you were back, you were on the show back in October, and I feel like you've done a lot of really cool stuff since then, so the purpose of this episode is to catch up on all of it, and I want to start talking about your book, because you just announced you have a new book coming out. Tell me literally everything about your book. Yes, I mean, I hesitate to call it a book. I feel like that um, is a notch against true authors. It's more just like, I, I keep this thing called a confidence journal, which has helped me immensely in my life. And um, just journaling every day a little bit, like it literally takes me 30 seconds, but just reminding myself something powerful and positive about myself every day. When I'm training really hard, it's, it's always training focused. But um, when I'm not training really hard, Maybe it's focused on how I am as a mother, how I was as a friend or a wife or something like that. So I've talked about this quite a bit when people ask me about um, like pre-race jitters, because I always go through my confidence journal, because even on the worst days, if I bomb out of a workout, I'm like, I got up and, you know, I did my double or I, you know, finished out the workout, even though I was way off pace. So I always have to find something positive. And then I can flip through that and see like I have battled through so much. I've done the work. I'm ready to be here. And um, I've talked about that a lot. And uh, Brenda Dominguez was a retreater of mine a couple of years ago, and she works for a publishing company. And so last year she was like, you know, it'd be cool if we actually published a confidence journal. And I was like, cool. So we started working on it um, a little over a year ago, and it's finally done. Yay. Well, congratulations. So what can people expect from it? Does it have excerpts from your own journals and then places to write their goals or kind of what does it look like? That's pretty much it. It it has a lot of my own um, journal entries. It has all these different techniques, mental techniques that I've used over the years to help me um, get over my lack of self-confidence and my fears. And so it is a book that I think for it to really work for you, you're going to have to 
actually take a pen and write in it. Like a lot of people were asking me if it was going to be an audio book. And I'm like, you really need to do it. You need to do the work to have it work for you. So it's not like a ton of journaling, but it, it, there are definitely sections after you read where it really asks you to be open and honest with yourself. How did you get into journaling? Was there a moment that started it? Yeah, I had a, a sports psychologist that I still work with on occasion named Dr. Stephen Walker. It, it was his suggestion. I, I mean, I've tried a lot of different techniques over the years. Confidence is something I've always struggled with way, as, as soon as I started running. And I've had a lot of techniques that have helped, but nothing that's helped me as much and as like in a reliable way as my journal. So he was the one that suggested I start a confidence journal. And it was kind of like a homework assignment. Like you have to come back next week with seven entries in it. And um, I kind of just made the commitment to do it for a month and see what would happen. And it really did help. So it was totally separate as my training journal. Like I'm a religious journaler, um, training journal. I've kept a training log since like 1994. So it's just a part of my nightly routine is writing down what I did for the day activity wise. And then, and then I have a second journal where I have to write something positive about myself. I love that. So tell me about the confidence part of it, because I think I look at all professional female athletes, especially right now, and I'm like, they're all so confident. They're all so strong. And you're in that group. So it's very interesting to me. And I know you've talked about it before, but to hear you say that you didn't have a lot of confidence at one point, was there, was that the result of like a specific race or kind of what was it that first shook your confidence? I think I've always just, um, you know, it's something I'll probably always have to work on. Always feeling a little bit like an imposter. Like I'm just this girl from Duluth, Minnesota that grew up on hot dish and like, (laughs) you know, like I'm not that, I'm not that exciting. I don't come from like pedigree parents. I don't come from a running family. Um, and so I think it's just kind of one of those things that even in high school, I would be like the favorite to win the state meet. And I think, I mean, why am I the favorite to in the state meet? Like, what do I know about running? Like, I just run as hard as I can and half the time I blow up. And so I think it just kind of is just one of those things. And as I became a professional, like I'm lining up at the world champs and I'm thinking, what am I doing here? You know, like my time is 30th in the world. How am I lined up here? I'm going to get my my ass kicked, you know? So it was just, it's just kind of that stuff that I've always um, kind of struggled with and when I've done my best and dealt my best with it is when I really just focus on the progress that I'm making and I think that's why the confidence journal works so well for me because it kind of erases what anyone else is doing there are zero comparisons you're only just um, looking at yourself and saying look at all these great things that you're doing look at all this that you have fought through so for me that's always been the best when I abandon those techniques I start to spiral and you know I'm like who who am I to be on Allie's podcast like I mean, seriously like, anymore, you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean, like, it's just it's annoying, but we all have our Achilles heels and this is one of mine. Totally. Well, I love that you've channeled it into something productive and I can't wait to get my hands on it. So I'm curious, you know, we all have hard days, bad days, days that don't go as planned. And you were recently back in your hometown. We know you love the grandma's marathon, your hometown race, and <clears throat> you ran it and you said that it didn't really you know, you weren't thrilled with your performance. So I want to know more about how that day went for you and what you wrote in your confidence journal that night. Um, yeah, I've just had a lot of life stress over the last three months. Um, and I, you know, I've always prided myself on being really good at compartmentalizing things like, 
oh, I might have this stress, but I'm putting it in this box over here so I can focus on this. Or I might have this thing that's kind of irritating me, but I'm putting it in this box. And um, so leading into that race, there was like a big giant box that I was kind of trying to shut the door on. But I just kept thinking like it's grandma's and I love it here. And and people will be cheering for me the whole time, which they were. I mean, the, the crowd was awesome as always. Um, but, you know, and I that that week I didn't come to Minnesota from Colorado. I was having to do this this thing in another state. So I came, you know, already like worn down a little bit and I wasn't able to run very much that week. And so I was, you know, like you, I'm I kind of I'm always trying to be positive and I'm like, well, I'm just super tapered now. Like I haven't been able to run. I'm just super tapered. I'm going to feel amazing. And um, yeah, like they, the race started and it was like, oh. <laughs> right away I do not feel good yes and so there was a, a few women that went out pretty hard and then there was like a pack of women and I was like well I'll just run with them and then we hit the mile at like 5:43, and I was just like I'm on the rails already so I was like I'm just gonna back off a tiny bit so I felt like I backed off just like four or five seconds a mile and they were gone. And I thought, well, they must be running so fast. Like they must all be running like 71 minute pace. And then I checked my split at mile two and it's like six Oh five. And I was like, Oh, okay. So then I said, it's okay. Just pick it up a little bit. And I felt like I picked it up a lot. And my next mile was like five fifty nine. So at that point, and then I was hoping to run around five forty to five forty five pace um, for the whole thing. So at that point I knew like I am, I feel like I'm running so fast and I'm splitting 559 and it's just, it's not in the mix for me today. And at that point I was like, I'm not sure what to do because I am really, really fatigued. And I don't know if I should drop out or if I should just run it in. But then I thought, I know how many people are going to come out to cheer me on. So I just, I'm going to finish. And then I never thought about dropping out again. I just thought like, wow, I feel awful <laughs> as I ran through the street. Yeah. Nothing like being in your head right from mile one. That's just the yeah. best. Knowing that people were out there cheering for you, was that motivating or was that stressful? It was not stressful. Um, you know, I accepted early on that it was what it was. And I wasn't like, even with the result of it, I'm like, oh, I probably just shouldn't have raced um, after being like what I've gone through the last few months. But I I wasn't like, oh, now I suck and like, am I slow? Am I slowing down a ton? Like, it just was what it was. And I still had fun. Like, I was running and people were cheering. And then people would be like, it's okay. And I'd be like, it's not my day. You know, <laughs> and like, it was totally fine. It was like, I was I felt so tired. And I think if I was anywhere else, it probably would have dropped out because I just would have been like, this is, this is silly. Like, why am I killing myself to run this pace? But every 30 seconds or every 40 seconds, someone would yell for me and, and it would make me happy. And so I just, you know, I was just like, it was still fun because I still felt so much support. And how'd you feel when you got to the finish? I, when I got to the finish, I kind of was just like laughing because I was just like, oh man, like I, it's not that it was like the worst race of my life, but I know I'm a lot fitter than that. Um, and I was just like, that, that was bad. Um, and then they asked me to go to media and then I started crying and I felt silly because I really was not crying about the race. I was just crying about like, you know, when you've just had something going on for so long and then all of a sudden it just like hits you. And I feel oh, like yeah. that's kind of how I am after a race. Like you put, especially like a half marathon or a marathon that you put so much into, like it doesn't matter how well I run. I'm usually really emotional after a race like that. And so then I was like crying, but, but it wasn't about the race really. I mean, it, 
I've had some stinkers in my career and this one, I, I know why it was a stinker and I wish I could have run better because I wish I could have been fighting for a top five position to, because I know that would have been exciting for myself and for my city, but it just, it wasn't in the cards. Well, and it happens. And I hope that all the stress is either behind you or will be soon. And there will be many happy races in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, I think as human beings, we just feel like we should be able to handle anything. And I think that was a kind of a wake up call. So I'm actually like really, um, on a month long vacation from life right now. Yay. (laughs) I'm like, we have company coming to town and we're going to go to the mountains. I'm, I'm running, but just very sparingly. And I'm like trying to have zero expectations in my life for about a month and just really allow myself to kind of like refill my cup. Um, And so I'm going to be great, especially by August. I'll be perfect. Oh, good. I'm happy to hear that. Now, (laughs) when you have a disappointing race, and I know grandma's wasn't, you know, like you just said, wasn't like, oh my God, the worst day of my life. But even Mm -hmm. like a smaller, when it's not what the race you wanted to have, is it hard to be happy for your fellow competitors? Like everyone was talking about Kellen Taylor that day. She had an incredible race in the, in the marathon. Is it hard to see other runners have amazing days when you've had a not so amazing day? I think, um, it was really hard for me four or five years ago. Um, it would be like, I know I'm as good as her and everything felt to get like came together for her. And now I have to wait another six months to show what I have. And it's not that I wouldn't be happy for someone, but I would just feel like, Oh, like even after Rio, I was sincerely happy for the women that beat me. They were all already Olympians. So they were like, super, super amazing athletes. But I was just like, Oh, God, because I just knew I could. um, I knew I I could compete with them. But I think, especially over the last couple years, as a running, like running fast has become less important to me. I just, I mean, I wanted that for Kellen, I spoke to her the day before. And I just said, you have been on the verge of a breakthrough for three years now. And I just sincerely hope it works out for you. So I was thrilled for her. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not young anymore. And I think maybe when I was in my early thirties, it would have killed me for Kellen to break the record in my hometown. But now I'm like, that's amazing. She's, she's from Wisconsin. She's from right next door to Minnesota. And she's actually had to fight through a lot to get to where she is. And so, yeah, it didn't make, it just made me excited for her. All right. So when you went home that night after you did media, spent some time with family, what did you write in your confidence journal that night? Um, I wrote that I see things through that I started the race and I saw it through because I knew how many people were out there and that at the end of the day, like I'm good to my word and I'm like loyal to the people who care about me. That's awesome. All right. So another exciting thing that you have going on, you just announced details for the 2018 podium retreat. And I remember the last time we talked, you said the retreat is of all the amazing things you've done and you're an Olympian. No big deal. You said your proudest (laughs) accomplishment is this retreat that you do. So I want to know what's in store for 2018 and what can people look forward to? Um, I, I mean, without a doubt, it's, it's, I'm just so proud of my retreat and, um, 2018 is actually the fifth year anniversary. So we had a great retreat last year. We did it here in Boulder, which allowed us to have um, more flexibility because I have more contacts in the community. So we're having it back here and it will take a similar format, but we're hoping to just do a few more things and um, have a few more local things included. But it just, 
was so fun last year. And this year we're really focusing on the word connection. So we started picking theme words a couple of years ago that we focus on. And so um, that's our focus for this year. And I'm just, it's just such a good time. And I just want to like, it's, we have people of all like um, abilities in running. Like it doesn't matter if you're fast or slow, like we don't care. All that we care is that you come with like an open heart and it's just incredible to see the friendships that are formed and the things that people are willing to share. And I just, I just love it so much. It gives me like so much joy. It like, I'm just really, really excited about this year. And why the word connection? Why now? I think as I've gotten older, like I, connecting to my body, connecting to the community, connecting to my family has become more and more important. And so that was just a word that really stood out this year. And it'll be interesting to see how, I, you know, I asked all of the speakers to use that word and to bring it into what they do. So we have someone who teaches self-defense and someone who, you know, teaches us um, like a a gym workout. And then we have people who talk about, you know, injury prevention. Um, one of my close friends is, is a doctor who is in sports medicine. And then I have people who talk about emotional stuff. So it's always interesting to see how people weave it into their discussions. But I think it's just as I've gotten older, it's just a word that really means a lot to me because it's become so much more important to be connected to um, everyone around me that's in my life and be really connected to myself. I love that. It's a great word too. I'm all for it. All right. So we talked a little bit where you're at with running right now, but you mentioned in your intro that you're technically a professional runner, but you're not racing a lot right now. So I want to know, what does that mean? Like as a career, where are you at right now with running and as a professional runner? You know, I still want to run a marathon this fall. So, um, we'll see what happens. I've been training a lot this year, <laughs> uh, but I made it a goal to stay healthy for six or seven months before I tried anything crazy. So I, this is the first time I haven't had an injury in, I mean, I haven't had an injury since last fall. And that for me is huge. I've been running about 80 miles a week up until now, um, between 75 and 80. And I do just doing one long run, um, one mid distance run with fartlek and then every other week I would do a track session. So it was more what I would consider base work. And, uh, that's what I've been doing. And I, for me, I feel like if there's any realistic way for me to compete at a high level again, I had to build a base because I just have been injured so much since 2016. And if I don't have a base, I can't, I have nothing to draw on. So I knew early on in the year that I wouldn't set any big racing goals until the fall. And I'm still like, that's still what I'm hoping to do, but I really need to just kind of relax for this month. So I still like, I go to practice all the time. I meet the college women all the time. I meet my coaches. Um, but I also don't stress about my diet and sleeping too much and those kinds of things right now. Cause I'm just kind of in this, I'm, I have just kind of been in this space phase. So. Well, and isn't it kind of amazing that you're not stressing about all those things and you're feeling healthy and good? Yes. And yeah. I mean, I'm all about like the mind body connection. I think there's so much power in going into things being relaxed and laid back. Obviously, everyone's different, but I think that's cool that your body's feeling really good when you're not stressing over diet and training and all that stuff. So, no, it's been nice. It's been really nice. Good. And I think you should run the New York City Marathon. Just going to put that <laughs> on your radar. 
Um, okay, okay. I'll put it out there. <laughs> um, okay, so the last, looking at the last like 10 months, even the last year really, it's an awesome time to be a female runner. Like not just the pros. I mean, we've seen Shalane win New York. We've seen Des win Boston. We've seen your good friend Emma Coburn just win everything. It's a really <laughs> cool time. And especially for someone like me, who's just an everyday runner, I feel like there's a lot of motivation and a lot of really good role models in the sport. I want to know what it's like for you being among that group. What's it like for you watching all of these really exciting American women performances? I think it's been really thrilling. I mean, I, I had always hoped that I would be the one to, to deliver that big win. And um, it, it just didn't work out for me. But it's interesting. It, it doesn't, when Shalane won and when Desi won, I was so overcome with emotion and so excited. It feels like we really believed and we really pushed. And now it's all kind of coming together. And it's, it's weird. I feel a little bit like a mama bear. Like I helped get it started and maybe I wasn't as successful as they were, but I kind of helped push it all along. And it's just fun to see it because I always knew we were capable of doing it. I just knew it. And we just needed more depth. You know, it was like, we just had Dina for a while that was really competing at that super high level in the marathon. And then kind of, I was the only one breaking into the top three. And then all of a sudden this new group came up. I mean, Shalane and I are close in age, but but still, she's she's still racing great, obviously. She just won New York. So Shalane, Desi, even Molly Huddle. Now we see Jordan Hussey. Maybe Kellen will be in the mix next time. So And Sarah Sellers, who knows? So I just feel like, oh, and, and Amy Craig won a medal at the World Championship yeah. here. Um, so it's just the depth is insane. And it makes me just really excited because I knew we were capable. I mean, I remember when I ran Boston and finished third the first time, everyone's like, what's it going to take for an American to win? I was like, we need more than one person with all the weight <laughs> on their shoulder. You know, it can't just always fall on the hopes on one person. So I think this was like Boston this year was the perfect example of we had four heavy, heavy hitters in that race um, with Shalane. Jordan pulled out the day before, but she was supposed to be in there and Desi. And then we had Kellen and someone else Molly Molly yes Molly and so it was like it never it didn't fall on just one person and then sure enough um and I know it was a crazy race but I I don't think the weather no matter what the weather was we were going to get an American across that line first I just felt so strongly about it and that's how it happens when we flood these fields and the Americans aren't afraid to race each other and aren't afraid to go head to head so I'm like just psyched about it because I feel like looking ahead there's no like, oh, well, if Shalane retires, well, now what? Now who do we have to wait for? I mean, we have like a whole stable of people like chomping at the bit to be the next one to win one. So I'm just like very, very excited about where it's at. And I'm excited because this will continue to motivate the next generation. And the girls that are younger now are really going to be paying attention to the marathon. And not that I want people to graduate from college and go into the marathon, but it's something that's become kind of sexier and cooler and I think it's really exciting because I think American distance range just has like this giant future yeah it's so exciting who are some runners right now that you're loving watching and cheering for oh I mean like I'm just I love everybody I love I mean Emma is one of my favorite people to watch because she just is like such a workhorse you know she's always out there um leading the charge and there's always a lot of people sitting on her and she, but she just like, isn't afraid to go to the front and take it. Um, I think Courtney who finished second to her is also very exciting to watch. I mean, on the track, I love Jenny Stinson. She's so reliable. Shelby Houlihan, obviously 
is like on the next level right now, which is super exciting to see what she could do in a really fast 1500 or really fast 5,000. And on the roads, I think it's that same group that I just mentioned with Desi. I would love to see what Sarah Sellers does in her next marathon. I'm excited about that. Um, when Jordan gets back out there, I think that'll be exciting. Uh, Molly Huddle, obviously. I mean, Molly was like, I'm done with the track and focus on the marathon. And then Boston didn't go her way. And she comes back and just like yep. destroys, <laughs> destroys everybody on the track. It's just like amazing. She's so talented. And so it's just, it's, there's so many people. I'm excited to see Amy Craig race again. So, I mean, it's really endless. And that's what's so fun about it is we don't just have like this one person that we're like, oh, well, we don't have any marathoners. We don't have any 1,500-meter runners. We don't have any 10K runners, but we have this one steeplechaser. We have, like, someone in everything. It's so cool. And I'm glad you mentioned the depth because I know that when I started running, you know, less than a decade ago, I could maybe name, like, one professional runner, and I'm pretty sure it was you because that's who everyone was talking about. And now to be able to, you know, name that many that are becoming these household names, at least in the running community, is really special. So it's very cool. It's a very exciting time. It is. Time for a quick pause for a word from our sponsor. If you look at our race times, Kara Goucher and I do not have much in common. But there's something we do have in common, which is that we're both animal lovers and proud rescue dog parents. When I first got Ellie, my rescue dog, I was all about being super present on our long daily walks. But now, as Ellie approaches her third birthday, I still like being fully present, but I'll be honest, I also like a little extra entertainment or education while we're out. So I've been listening to podcasts during our walks, and I do that with my Aftershocks Trex Air wireless headphones. Because here's the thing, the headphones are built to rest on top of and in front of your ears instead of shoved inside them. That's great not just for running safely, but also so you can tune in without tuning out. And this is perfect when I'm walking my precious pup. I can still talk to, interact with, and hear Ellie at the same time my podcasts are dishing out motivation and inspiration. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com for $55 off your Aftershocks Trex Air or Trex Titanium wireless headphone bundle, which includes a branded shoe bag, sport belt, and water bottle. Now let's get back to Kara Goucher. All right, now I'm going to be selfish because um, so I am 23 weeks pregnant right now. And when I had you on the show before, we talked a little bit about your experience running during pregnancy and coming back after you had Colt. And it was interesting to me then, but now I'm obsessed with this topic. (laughs) So purely selfishly motivated, I want to go back to it a little bit. And I want to know now, because now I feel like I can relate a little more. You know, I can totally relate to a professional runner now. Uh, You can. No, but talk a little bit about how you felt running during your pregnancy. I ran throughout my whole pregnancy. I did have a little um, SI problem uh, about halfway through where I had to just cross train for a couple weeks. But other than that, I did run through the whole thing. I felt so tired the first trimester. Um, Paula Radcliffe was in town and we had the same due date, actually. She was pregnant with Raphael and we ran together a lot and we would do like a little track session, which is crazy. And then we would do um, a longer run for minutes. Um, but during that time, I was also being really careful because I had gone through fertility treatment fertility treatment to get pregnant. So I was really nervous about like doing something stupid and, and losing the baby. So I think for the first eight weeks or so, I was pretty just jogging. And then after that, I started running more and more. And then at the second trimester, I felt 
like amazing. And I started running way too much. And that's when I, um, for my SI joint, cause you know, like everything's stretching and everything's moving. And I was, I just didn't think all that through, but I ran the whole time and I felt so connected to my son during that time. Because when I run, I, I kind of meditate. Like I think about all the things that I, I hope for in my life all, and all the things that I'm frustrated with in my life. And I felt like he could feel all of that. Um, and I just felt like, oh, he's going to come out and we're just going to be so close. And we kind of are. <laughs> um, but I, I just always like love that time. And then in my third trimester, I was like, I had slowed down significantly. I mean, I gained a lot of weight when I was pregnant and I would look around and be like, I never noticed there was a house there. <laughs> I never noticed they had a swimming pool because like, you know, normally I'm just running and I'm like worried about the watch and the time and it's, I'm doing it for like a workout or my job, you know? And it was so funny to me because I was like, I had no idea that they had a dog. Like I just discovered all these new things in my neighborhood that I had never noticed before because I was just running so slowly. But um, yeah, I really loved running. I really let go of like, w like how far I was running. I would just run for how I felt. So some days I would run 20 minutes. Some days I'd run an hour. Um, I had this little loop that I would do that took me about an hour at the end. And after I had Colts, I realized it was only five miles long. Um, but yeah, I, I really, I enjoyed it a lot. And then I do remember you saying that you felt you returned to running too soon postpartum. Didn't you run like 10 days after you gave birth? Yeah, I ran a week after I gave birth. So he, he was born at 1030 in the morning and I, I got dressed, told everybody I was going for a walk, but cause I had, I started going for walks right, right away just cause I, needed to move. Um, but so I, instead of putting on like walking shoes and like sweatpants, I like put on tights <laughs> and running shoes and I like kissed him for his week, you know, week old. And I went out and my mom and my husband knew I was going running. And I, it was, I mean, I like walked a minute, jogged a minute. I felt like my insides were going to fall out. It was bizarre, but, um, I, I did feel a lot of pressure to come back. I was in a, a, con, a contract situation where I needed to I needed to race, and so I if I could go back in time, I I would not have returned as aggressively. I don't think that running a week after was bad. I think it was the way I pushed through things that were obviously not right. I mean, you shouldn't be needing a, needing a diaper like six weeks after you gave birth because you're still bleeding. You know, like that was a, kind of a red flag of like, Oh, you're doing a little bit too much. <laughs> um, so I would really just recommend that you listen to your body. If you feel like running run, if you are out there and it feels uncomfortable, like there's a reason why it feels uncomfortable. You just gave birth to a human being and it takes a while for your body to come back. And I, I have like chronic hip problems because I never really let my pelvis and everything totally heal because when he was six and a half months old, I ran Boston, a marathon. So I, I don't, I don't think that like you can't get out there and train or anything like that, but I definitely regret the intensity of which I came back and the way I kind of ignored all the signals and all the alarm bells that were going off from my body. So how does that work? So this is where I cannot relate to being a professional athlete. How does that work <laughs> in terms of your contract? Like, did it say, you know, you need to do a certain number of races within the calendar year, regardless of being pregnant or how does that work? So it, yeah, it. I had to race so many times and I mean, I, it wasn't like I just got pregnant out of the blue. Like everyone at my sponsor knew I went through fertility treatment. It was no secret. Um, and you know, I haven't talked that much about this, but out of the blue, I was 
suspended. And so when I went to meet with them, it was like, well, you haven't raced since world champs in 2009. And so technically you've broken your contract. And so we're going to, you know, I was basically suspended until I started racing again. So, um, at that time in my life, I was the provider for our family. So I, I had to get out there and race, you know? So I think I raced, um, half marathon in January. He was born September 25th. And I just, I had to get out there and I had to kind of stop that clock. Oh yeah. No, I ran Damn. a half marathon that, that I was trying to win. I didn't win, but, um, yeah, I was running hard. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> so looking back on the time you took off, both to, you know, before, during, after pregnancy to have Colt, how much did it actually affect your career looking back now? You know, looking back now, I have to say that um, I have no regrets about it at all because I, you know, and like any mom will say this, but I really mean it. Colt is the greatest joy in my life and I cannot imagine my life without him. And he enhances like literally everything in my life. But looking back, I, I did take a break during what would have been the height of my career. So I think it probably, you know, cost me potentially like my one shot at winning a major or definitely a couple more podium finishes. But I don't regret it because and I just, I just don't regret it because, you know, they can't snuggle with me at night. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would have loved to have won a major. Of course, I would be lying if I said I didn't care, but. I really never regretted it. And I remember watching Shalane get second at New in New York right after I had Colt. And I didn't feel like, oh, I wish I was there. I remember watching Boston while I was pregnant with Colt. It was a very slow year. And uh, all these people were texting me like, oh, you would have won that one. And I didn't feel like, oh, man, I wish I was there. Looking back, I think, yeah, there were some opportunities there that would have been good for me to capitalize on had I been in those races. But I made the decision to have a baby and... I don't regret it at all. And Colt now, he's such a fun age. He just ran the Boulder Boulder with you guys. Isn't that a 10K? Yeah, it was actually, we didn't want him to do it. We felt like that was just way too far. And the most he's ever run is about a mile and a quarter, mile and a half. But he wanted <laughs> so, to, right? Yeah, he asked oh. us. We said, you're not until you're nine or 10. And then he came back a second time. And we said, we're sorry. Then he came back a third time. Oh. And he said, and we were like, why do you want to do this so bad? And he's like, it finishes in the stadium where the buffs play. And I just, I, I have friends that do it. I know I can do it. So we said he could do it under, but we said, there's no complaining. Um, we don't care how fast you go. We don't care how long it takes you, but just no complaining. Okay, I won't complain. So he like crushed it for like four miles. He was running like averaging like nine minute pace. And he oh was God. cotton candy and Doritos. And like, he was doing amazing. And then at around four and a half, everything kind of started to fall apart. I can relate to that. See? <laughs> yes. And you know, Adam and I were like, we knew how bad he was hurting, right? Like we've all been there where you just like blow yourself up and, but, but you have to keep going. And he never complained. He looked miserable. Oh. There were a couple times where he was just walking, like standing in place, just like, and we were like, honey, you have to keep moving forward. But he did like, run off and on from like five and a half miles in. And once we got to the stadium, he ran in and, and he was just, we were just really proud of him because it was something that he, like he really wanted to do this and he kind of proved us wrong. And 
we were really, really proud of him, but he suffered. <laughs> he <laughs> suffered so bad. But did he ever complain? Nope. No, oh, I said he do. I mean, afterwards he said my feet kind of hurt, and I'm like, I'm sure they do. He's wearing like little kid Skechers, like they're not made to run ten thousand meters in, you know, on the roads. But uh, he, but he did not complain. He he, he looked miserable, <laughs> but he knew, and he did not complain. No, he was. He would say like, it's pretty hot, and I'm like, it is very hot. Yes, you're oh okay gosh. though. He's such a good kid. So he's. You said he's seven and a half. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I feel like, and this is just from following along online, I feel like he has this amazing personality. And when I see pictures, I think he looks so much like Adam. But then you post little things he does, and I'm like, that seems like a Kara thing. So I want to know at this age, what traits do you hope he's absorbing from you, and what ones do you hope he's picking up from your husband? Um, I, I want him to be compassionate, which he seems to be very compassionate. Um, he does seem to be a little overly sensitive, which I also am, which I, I, I don't want him to be overly sensitive. I do feel like it makes you a, a good person because you really think about things and how you treat others, but not so much that, you know, it, it can hurt you so much. I hope he can be a little bit like not quite so sensitive as I am, although he seems to be. Um, he is very compassionate, which I like, but I hope that um, Adam is really, really, really loyal and I hope that he gets that from Adam. And Adam also really stands up for what's right. And and isn't like a fighter, but won't let someone just like disrespect you. So I hope that he gets some of that kind of self-confidence and like just the ability to like put his foot down or like stick up for other people from Adam. He seems to be a pretty good mix. We laugh because he definitely is sensitive. And Adam's like, oh, man, what'd you do? <laughs> um but he seems to be a pretty good mix. I mean, physically, he is Adam. He's built just like Adam. He's mini Adam, minus his skin. He definitely got my skin. But physically, yeah, he is a little Adam. Oh, so exciting. Well, it's super fun from afar watching him grow up. Another thing I remember you mentioning the last time we talked, and it was like two seconds of our conversation, you said you were intrigued by ultra running. Any further yeah. thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I'm really intrigued by it. Um I, you know, I, I'm constantly having this battle inside of like, should I try to run one more fast marathon or should I just go run a trail race and see what it's like? I'm constantly kind of having this tug of war. My coaches definitely want me to run another marathon. And, and I, I'm, I'm, I'm leaning that way just because I want to make sure that when I go, when I'm done with the marathon, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm definitely done. Um, but there's something about trail running that I just love and something about like, being in nature and um, and just seeing if I could run that far. I honestly don't know physically if my knee can take it. My knee has taken 100-mile weeks, but could it take 100 at a time? I don't know, but I'm, I just kind of want to find out. <laughs> yeah, I want you to find out. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> that it would be any good. It's just like when I watch those athletes, I think they must be so tough to just keep moving when everything is telling you to just stop, you know? Um, watching some of the highlights from Western States. Um, I mean, Jim, what, well, 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 I mean, 14 hours. Ridiculous. I mean, it, it, it blows my mind. And this has been on like, just like a little, a nice little flat trail, you know, this is like up and down yeah. mountains. So I, I am intrigued by that, not to see if I could win, but to see, could I actually survive something like that? And, and what would it do for me mentally? I don't know. I'm very, very interested in it. 
Cool. Well, you'll have to keep us posted on that front. All right. So I mentioned I was recording this episode very briefly on Instagram stories the other day. And of course, people were very excited. And of course, questions came pouring in, several of which we've already touched on. But I got two questions that multiple people were asking, and you can decide whether or not you want to field these ones. The first one, does Kara want more kids? That was a very popular question. And the second was, is Kara retired? So... I, I do want to know, what does retirement mean as a professional runner? Yeah, you know, like, back in the day, no one, like, announced their retirement. Right. They just kind of, like, stopped racing. Um, I, I don't think I would ever retire because if something motivates me, I'm, I want to go for it. Um, Dina really inspires me in that way where she did hardly race for a couple of years and then just came out and ran 227 as a master. And she like got in some good training and got in like a good place and was like, yeah, I'm going to go for it. And so I, I, I would never retire. Maybe five years will go by where I don't race. And then I would want to do some race. So I get asked that all the time or, or people will say, oh, she's retired. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Well, that makes me feel better that you say you get asked that because I felt stupid. I was like, well, no, she's not retired. And then I was like, but why are people asking? I'm like Googling, is Kara Goucher retired? Like questioning myself. But yeah, yeah no. See, like Meb announced his retirement last year. Granted, he's racing right. more than ever, but not to win. So I right. like, I like your perspective on that. And I appreciate your explanation. I feel more, um, I feel more in the know now. And also, I think maybe some athletes, like, if they're not fighting for a win, then they want to do something else with their life. I just want to run. <laughs> and so if I'm not fighting for a win, that doesn't mean that it's still not a journey for me to take. And so, yeah, you'll never hear me say I'm retired. It even says that on, like, my Wikipedia page. It says, like, she's retired. I'm like, I Wait, never really? said I was retired. Yes. I'm like, I never said I was retired. I'm not retired. Like, I... I mean, I, I ran a race earlier this year in Seattle that I won. I, I, I ran horribly, but I ran grandma's. I, and I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I go to practice on a regular basis. But um, so, yeah, no, I'm not retired. All right. Well, we'll send this episode to the people at Wikipedia. <laughs> we'll see what we can do by getting that updated. I don't know how know, that works. It's so but, annoying. Uh, we'll see what we can do. That's insane. And do you want to field the question about do you want more kids? Do you want to answer those people? Yeah. Um, I always thought I would have more kids. Um but I went through fertility treatment to have cults and it's not something that I necessarily would want to do again. To be honest, Adam and I were always open to more children. We've never done anything to prevent it. Um, last summer we asked cults, you know, would, do you want a sibling? Like we were like, let's have a family conversation because if I'm going to go through fertility treatment, like this is, I need to do it. Like I'm getting older and he was really like, I don't care. I love you guys. I feel, you know, like, I mean, as much as the six and a half year old could explain it, but he was just like, I like having you guys. I like get, being able to do everything with you guys. And so that really put my heart at ease. I think one of my, I don't, I, before I had Colt, I felt like something was missing in my life. After I had Colt, I never had that feeling, but I know I love being a mom. And so I was always open to more children. For me, the stress was always like, what does Colt need someone? Like, you know, it, I get emotional thinking about Adam and I dying and then Colt doesn't have like a brother or sister to be there for him. So that's always been like my, my biggest fear or my biggest, not fear, but concern over the last few years was like, does Colt feel alone? And knowing that he doesn't, that really put me at, 
and Adam at ease. And if I somehow got pregnant, like we would have the baby, but we're not, we're not worrying about it anymore. Oh, he's so sweet. <laughs> Love that. And I appreciate you answering that. That's very cool that you're open and honest and open to these conversations. I appreciate that. So, so for yeah. everyone who asked that question, you got your answer. I hope you are satisfied with it. Um, okay. So before I let you go, I need to know, this is how I end all the shows now because it makes me really happy. And I think you'll like it. Tell me three things that you love about yourself. Oh, okay. Um, this is like a twist on the confidence journal. It is. This is what I, I'm not very good at this kind but of But I make stuff. people put it out there because I feel like there's power in that. I think that I am good at bringing people together and building them up. And I'm proud of that. I, I really like that about myself. And I think that I am a really good mom. I think, or another thing I like about myself is I like that I am a half, a glass half full type person. Like there's just been a lot thrown at me in my life, like from early on till just a couple weeks ago. And I feel like I always can kind of find the positive. And I like that about myself. I love it. Kara, I have loved catching up with you today. I'm super excited about this. As always, can't wait to see what you do next. And I just hope you really enjoy the heck out of the next month of relaxation. Thank you. I know that I will. And I hope that you really enjoy your pregnancy. And I know we were talking earlier and you said, I'm going to miss feeling my baby kick. But yeah. like it every every step is like so exciting, so exciting, so exciting. And I just hope you like I'm just excited for you because it's, it's the journey of a lifetime. Thank you so much. It's so fun. I'm loving it so far. And I do dream of the day that one day like my little one will be like, I want to run a race with you, mom. And, and, I'll, and my response will be no complaining. I learned that from Carrie Goucher. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. This has been awesome. You're welcome. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Alley on the Run Show's What's New With You Week. Check back tomorrow for yet another new episode because we've got seven full days of good stuff coming your way. And while I may not be gearing up for a fall marathon or the 2020 Olympic Games, I do post a lot of puppy photos and videos. So if that's your jam, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Alley on the Run One or on the Alley on the Run Facebook page. Thanks again to Aftershocks for sponsoring What's New With You Week on the Alley on the Run show. Go to ontherun.aftershocks.com to get $55 off your wireless headphone bundle. Now go find what makes you happy and chase it down. And thanks for joining me on the run.